Welcome to RPG Reanimators, a podcast for GMs where we dissect horror scenarios and offer our experiences and advice to reanimate it at the table. I'm Lex. I'm Alex. I'm Nathan. So let's see what's on the slab. The case report for this session is Viral, which is a scenario written by Alex Guillot and Bud of Bud's RPG Review for Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition. In this scenario, players take on the roles of the Spectral Crew, a group of ghost hunters recording for a popular YouTube channel. They're hoping to go viral with an illegal visit to the haunted Isola de Malamente. I don't know if that's right, but that's what we're going to go with, which may have a darker history than they ever expected. As with any dissection, we'll be discussing all the gross innards of the scenario. So from this point on, there will be spoilers. So if you're interested in playing this scenario, please stop here and share this episode with your GM so they can listen and consider running this for your group. We'll also include links for where you can purchase a copy of this scenario for yourself in the show notes of this episode. Now with that out of the way, let's begin our dissection. So, Alex, can you tell me what's really going on in this scenario? Sure, Alex. The great old one, Hastelik, has influenced Maya, the manager of the Spectral crew, to shoot at the Isola de Malamente. And it wants the Spectral crew there because it has a servant on this island called the Plague Monk, which will enact the end of the world via in infection. For the plan to succeed... Hastelik needs witnesses for this final sacrifice that the Plague Monk has prepared. And this will be at a site called the Charnel Pit. And this has a, such a, a rich and storied history, which we'll get into. So how do the investigators end up at this scenario? You mentioned that their manager was initially influenced by this thing. So the Spectral crew is almost at a million subscribers. And they just need that one push, something exciting for its audience to push it over that 1 million subscriber mark. And the owner of the Spectre crew, Marco Proudfoot, he is so excited about this because he knows it's going to be great because it's a forbidden island. No one's allowed at this island because it's cut off by the Italian military. Can you talk more about Marco Proudfoot? I've heard that the scenario has some really good pre-gens mixed in with it. Yeah, of course. So Marco is a... The modern day dilettante, he's a rich kid who gets all his money from his parents. And he is so into ghost hunting. He hasn't seen any paranormal activity himself, but he's he's a believer. Yeah, he's a, he's a believer. And on top of that, he is dragging along a, a crew of people that really are just using him for his money. <laughs> Yeah, I love that of the crew that's following him, there's people that believe but have no spiritual gifts. Uh, Karina is kind of the fake psychic of the group. And then Enoch, which is one of the investigators as well, does a little bit more camera stuff. He looks like a big kind of just brute, but he actually has the vision, the, the sight, as the scenario calls it. So you have a fun mix of that. And then you have a couple of crew guys in Peter and Koo that one is actually actively faking out a lot of the hauntings they go to. He's kind of the, the impetus behind some of these to drive up views. 
And Ku is uh, a really neat technological kind of genius that's using this as a way to play with all these cool toys and get them going. So would you recommend using these pregens with a scenario? Or if a player really wanted to create their own character, how would you feel one way or another? I would recommend that they keep with these characters because they're all pretty interesting. Um, a lot of scenarios that we play in, they kind of hit that that line of like, well, there's three interesting investigators and two that are just okay. Looking this... at you, Free League Publishing. <laughs> Well, and this one has five distinct characters that each have interesting motivations and reasons for them to keep going past the point where really they should be hiding in a corner and stopping interaction. Right. They're all highly motivated to finish the stream, Mm -hmm. which is a piece of advice that the book recommends if you are making your own investigators. Okay, so tell me where these folks are going to be going. I understand the scenario has a pretty solid act structure. So should we just start at the prologue? Sure. Yeah, of course. Take it away, Alex. (laughs) So the investigators arrive a day or two before their scheduled stream at the town of Perla in order to get everything situated and to find out a little more about the island from the locals themselves. There's a festival that's taking place, and on top of that, it's a good opportunity for the characters to really get to know each other and get some B-real footage. Yeah, we had a full session devoted to this prologue, pretty much, and I think we did this whole thing in three. We'll talk later about it really could probably do four easily, Um But that was a lot of fun, having you guys interact with the locals, find out more about this festival that they're taking place in, because it is very tied to the island and just kind of hints at some of the creepiness. Are there any locals that you used, like NPCs described in the text or ones that you made for the scenario? The key one that you'll want to have is Nuncio. He's going to show up later as kind of the boat guy who will get them to the island, which is not necessarily an easy task due to the mines that are all around the island. That's kind of how the Navy has been keeping people away from it. Additionally, they have some generic intro people, but uh, their Mama Santi is a local expert. She's this older woman that has basically been around the village this whole time. So she knows a lot of the customs, cultures. She'll sh- uh, she'll sell knickknacks. Seashells that, by the sea. Yes, oh, seashells by the seashore. Uh, she'll sell creepy knickknacks that may or may not work. When I run it, they absolutely don't work. But it's nice to have. Actually, if you were to get the scenario today, this is more of the director's cut version. It has a sort of expanded prologue and additional meat for people to get into. In case anyone's looking at their original version of the scenario, Alex, and uh, wondering where we're getting all of this from. Man, I thought Nathan just made it all up. (laughs) I wish I was that clever. The festival is a really neat way to have the lore, and it's got some really good creepy things like the way the town just kind of locks up in a a frantic hurry to keep out the disease it's a really good signpost right that's the night of sickness yes 
Oh, you mentioned Nuncio a bit ago. Nuncio. So tell me about how the boat trip goes. If he has to navigate the mines and what you are essentially calling the real start of the scenario. Well, Nuncio is at least influenced by Hastelik, by this great old one that's there to try and bring people in. He's actually the one that I believe reached out to Maya about this site. So he has a pretty easy job navigating around the minefield, but it's a way to clue players in that this minefield exists. So it's a little tougher to get off the island and signpost the very climax of it where they'll know that this is at least somewhat watched by the Italian army, Navy, I think Navy, and they'll come back into play. I have opinions about that. <laughs> okay. And so then when they finally get to this Island, what does it look like for them? They basically arrive on a, a small offset Island. That's not really haunted, but it is kind of creepy. It's a teenager hangout. Somehow teenagers are also getting here to party and do whatever. But that's when they're going to start setting up their equipment. And Maya, who is their person kind of overwatching the stream, she's in London. She'll be monitoring the stream, throwing video feeds around. She's a really good prod for players to remind them that they are streaming and need to do certain activities. We'll get a little bit later into the hospital itself, at which point there are some options for a stalker or fellow ghost hunter and a kind of cursed addict character that they may run into. And so the stalker, that's Emily, right? That is Emily. Okay. Tell me about her, especially with both of the ways that she can be brought into the scenario. This was something I kind of struggled with when reading through it, is not really knowing where or how. I would want to bring her in. So I know Nathan used Emily as a member of a rival paranormal TV crew, and I found that uh, work really well. There was the unsettling experience of having someone be found on the island when they couldn't possibly sustain themselves. Right. Yeah, and you can have it like she's also stalking the group, and I believe particularly Karina. Yeah, she ha she's a super fan and like has her face on t-shirts and things like that. Yeah, it it's an option. I don't find that as interesting, especially with, like Alex said, the, uh, the opportunity to have kind of these weird inconsistencies with her story of, oh, well, when did you show up? A week earlier. Well, how are you still? Are you living on lemons? What's going on here? Right. I would also add that using the... The superfan option would be a little adversarial towards the uh, Spectral crew themselves, and mm -hmm. you wouldn't really, at least I wouldn't be able to make the superfan guide the Spectral crew deeper into places. At least with the rival paranormal group member, you can have them be like, oh, well, they were here. Help me look for the rest of the people. Yeah, I was just thinking that as um, I like especially if the other group was already there apparently a week ago, and then this is the one last survivor, you can then use that for, oh, maybe that was just them walking past that window uh, and exactly. use it as potentially mundane explanations for spooky things you can throw at players. A member of the Phantom Posse. That's their name. All right. 
Is there anyone else? Yeah, there's this uh, the the last plague monk, and to get into what the plague monks are, they are a group of Hastalik worshippers who experimented on hospital patients back when the island had a hospital and conducted sacrifices, contributed to all the mass graves around the island, and he's just there to be spooky. And I really love the image that's provided. It's this creepy gas mask wearing trench coat hooded figure are you my mummy <laughs> also these plague monks sound like a heck of a threat in this are they going to be the main entity that pcs are going to need to be worrying about uh, not quite because the plague monks there to to menace and and float around we really didn't interact with the plague monk in my playthrough he just showed up at the end yeah he showed up a couple time in windows uh but in reality, he's mostly there as bait of trying to bring people in. He doesn't even have an actual physical presence by the way it's written. It's purely there to get investigators to kind of follow him deeper within. The real threat to the scenario is what they call the taint, which is maybe not the <laughs> best naming of something we've ever seen. So Nathan, tell me how you spread the taint among your players. <laughs> well, a big theme of this scenario is corruption, decay, disease, uh, because that is kind of what it has to like embodies. And as players interact more with the island, especially decaying disease things, They'll have a hidden score that will increase and they will start to show signs of disease. They'll start to get sores and growths until they hit a certain point where suddenly they're fine. And that at that yeah, that's point, when they max out. Yeah, that's when they max out. And that's really at that point, there's no way back. Hastalik has its claws in them and they will actively help the entity rather than the group, even if they don't show it to the group initially. In fact, yeah. uh, Emily is infected to that level where she seems normal, but she is in fact trapped on the Island along with Hastelic max taint, <laughs> maximum taint. <laughs> when you have the max taint, you can't leave the Island. There's no going back after you hit max taint, <laughs> right? Because there's an elder sign on the bridge prevents everyone from leaving <laughs> oh i thought you're gonna say on the taint um so as you are levying your taint on players Stop. do you <laughs> <laughs> how do you communicate this to them do you do it via dms and whispered messages do you just tell them you're kind of feeling this someone notices their old herp sore is opening back up again <laughs> just how do you run that at the table right so there's actually a special table in on the player character sheets that signifies infection but i didn't find that to be uh, used at all in my playthrough the keeper would just give the descriptions and i think that was enough to really signify that hey there's something really wrong right i think it's a little more interesting because then they don't have this number that they're working off of it's it's pretty easy to go like oh i'm at three I bet there's 10 steps. Like It's pretty easy to kind of gauge that. Yeah, it's too meta. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Just to cut down on potential metagaming or anything like that. Yeah, and it's not really a score that they'll care about. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, but actually getting back on topic, you mentioned that there's an elder sign on the bridge, so anything on the island isn't really going to be able to leave. I'm assuming in this case you're going to be talking more about Hastelik than anything else. Right. Well, fully infected people also can't leave, but they kind of have a little bit of uh, seepage, like through Nuncio, through that sort of thing, where disease still gets out, but it's not the full power that it needs. Mm -hmm. Are there any other entities on the island that may be menacing players? You want to attempt a pronunciation of them, Alex? I don't want to make a fool of myself. <laughs> uh, How's your Italian? The relic. All right. There are zombie type <laughs> creatures called the reliquay. Nice. And they are around the island. They're. These corpses that have been infected with worms. And yeah, they're they're definitely a threat, but it, only really towards the very end of it, though, do they pop up. They're mm -hmm. kind of a, a side thought. Okay. Since you mentioned like they tend to mostly come up at the big event climax, let's just talk through the main key events and how you would want to pace the scenario out. I understand the scenario has an expected timeline. But how did it run at your tables? So there's actually two timelines that will run through. And Alex, I want to get your opinion on these briefly. Uh, we have kind of a timeline in the uh, full version. It's on page 15 that goes hour by hour. When do they arrive? When do they set up things? When do they leave? In theory, like this is the best case planned thing. There's also a stream timeline on page 28 that the players will have. It kind of gives them an idea, uh, an eight-step plan of you do the intro, you do the lemon grove, cremation pit, mass grave, hospital, chapel, crypt, your wrap-up outside the hospital, and leave the island. How did you find that kind of fit in as a player, Alex? So as a player, I was playing as Marco Proudfoot, the host of the Spectre crew. And with the stream timeline, I felt uh, bound to it, of course, because I wanted the best for my stream. I wanted and I and I paid attention to Maya, who was like, who was always like, hey, call the stream schedule. And I'm like, OK, I never really had the chance to be like, to be like oh, we're just going to do our own thing. Besides when we got into the building where I told people to split up. Did you find that limiting at all, or is that something that you think works well for this? I think it works well as a GM. I can find it a little limiting as a player. Mm -hmm. Because no one's going to self-sabotage their own stream. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think that it could definitely be handy to prevent stallouts. Is That's mm -hmm. been the main thing, because yeah. I tend to let my players go at their own pace. And then there's always that moment, like at session two or so, when it's like, wait, what are we doing here? And so being able to just have that to refer back to can be helpful. But I definitely understand that you felt constrained to stick to that right. and maybe didn't get to explore as much as you might have wanted. And we might be able to remedy that in reanimation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd like to talk a little bit more uh, during that time about how we handled Maya's interaction and a major part that we haven't talked too much about, the stream chat which is a critical component to this whole scenario is they are streaming and the GM will be giving them feedback of streamers watching. This is kind of a cool thing about it is that 
I don't see a lot of scenarios where you're streamers. I, I don't know about the two of you reporters, maybe, but kind of that idea of searching out this kind of weirdness for entertainment value is exciting. So what would you all say is the beating heart of the scenario? Ghost hunting. And on top of that, the streaming aspect was super cool. So there was a social media aspect. And how peer pressure can enable people to uh, really do stupid things. <laughs> I loved that your group in the prologue even was really capturing a lot of goofy footage and thinking like streamers for getting your B-roll of, oh, let's go out on the water so we can get a whole vision of the town and let's fly the drone over the island so we can really kind of get a aerial view ahead of time. Really made an interesting sort of start and a way to investigate that I wouldn't normally see. Yeah, I would say other themes are just disease and corruption. And taint. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah, and in the town around it, and even through the internet, which is a neat kind of jump from physical to technological that can happen in the very end of it. Oh, I just love multi-meaning titles. Mm -hmm. So what would you say then would be the general strengths of the scenario overall? We've mentioned it before. I really think the pregens are fantastic and i haven't seen too many things that deal with streaming like this and that's just such a fun idea you can tell that a lot of work was put into this scenario mm -hmm. and a lot of experience has gone into it there's so many keeper tips in the back of the book and throughout and it's a great take on a unique new great old one Love me some non-mythos entities. Yes. And the handouts, he's got handouts of phone screens, multiple maps, multiple just, we mentioned before the Plague Monk. There's just two full-size pictures of an empty window and a window with a Plague Monk staring out of it. Wow, that was so <laughs> creepy. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of scenarios that Alex Guillota's worked on. It's They tend to have really, really great artwork and design mm -hmm. kind of layered throughout. I, I'm really thinking of Carnival of Madness and Tartarus Intercept had really cool design and layout and images you can use. So what would you say then would be some potential weaknesses or shortcomings of this scenario? I'm personally not a fan of the very last portion of the ending which is when the Italian Navy swoops in to kind of clean up. It's a little bit deus ex machina for me, and I have a little bit of trouble suspending my, why are they not looking at this island before, right? Like the fact that they just show up immediately upon this thing rising. That's, I don't love that. That said, the actual on the island climax with the pit exploding and this great old one arising is fantastic. I love how actiony it gets at the end. I would say a weakness is that it is a lot of work for the keeper, a lot of juggling, spinning plates. If the keeper is to be managing the streaming chat and keeping that immersive and responding to the 
player characters interacting with the stream and also at the same time narrating and adjudicating what's happening yeah this was something that i know i chatted with nathan about uh way back in chaosium con but really felt like this scenario would be much better for one and a half gms and just having your main gm as the interface and kind of god in the sky and then the other one that's really managing the chat and being able to have potentially just a separate Discord channel set up to do that with different names in order to give the player something to interact to and potentially drop some extra hints in there. But that really sounds to me like heading in towards reanimation. I agree with that. Um, the only other weakness I had is when I was trying to run it was just flipping through the book some of the layout is a little tricky of all of the tables. Well, not even all of the tables. Some of the tables are near the end. So if you need to say advance someone's sickness, you have to flip to that section and then maybe back to locations. And some of the timelines are on strange pages and uh, the reliquary, their appearance is not really near their stat block. That's quite a bit later in the book. So if you label it, it won't be a problem. And the PDF is bookmarked, so it's not that difficult to flip through. It's just if you're in a hurry, it can be a little difficult. Hmm. So before we really get into reanimating this scenario, just want to kind of contextualize all of our experience and histories with Viral. Uh, personally, I have just talked about being the 0.5 GM, uh, but have not been able to run it myself yet. So I was a player. Like I said, I played Marco Proudfoot, the leader of the Spectral crew, and I was in Nathan's game. And I have read through this scenario. And I ran this with help from Raven uh, for a group of players at Took about three sessions, I think. So let's get into reanimation. Overall, how would you want to highlight the beating heart of this scenario? The streaming's number one. The streaming is the theme, and it really all hinges on the player's buy-in to actively focus on producing a great and interesting stream to get to that million views. So when they're told, hey, there's a lemon in the grove that looks like Deadpool's face. And the stream's saying, hey, I'll give you 500 bucks to take a bite out of that. You want the uh, the investigator to be going, I could use $500. Maybe I'll bite this. And it kind of gives them an interesting choice. There's a chance to upgrade the infection. I'm, I'm sorry, the what? The what, Nathan? The taint. Yeah. And I think that, for me, was a bit of juggling, keeping track of everyone's hidden score for that, and making sure to remind them of the progression. There was definitely mm -hmm. a couple times where I lost that. So do your best to kind of keep up with that and remind people as they go, and try to kind of time it unless they're actively swimming in pools of dirty water with dead bodies, it actually isn't that hard not to go too far up the table. Mm -hmm. Super easy to do. You just have to make a table. <laughs> every row is going to be mm -hmm. the player character. Every column is going to be level of taint. 
And that's actually a good idea when running it online. You could have the table set off to the side too to reference because that would have been very helpful. Yeah, just exit off as you go. Yeah. God, this is reminding me so much of another mechanic and another uh, campaign that I can't mention for reasons <laughs> that I completely abandoned because it was too much for me to keep track of. Um, so just out of curiosity, though, can people remove, can, can you clean the taint some? Um, can you scrub the taint? <laughs> Jesus Christ, let's get out. You're the one I'm editing the host. this. No one can stop me. <laughs> uh, actually, as written, no, you're mm. going to have to leave the island, I think, to kind of lessen that. It's okay. a horror story. Everyone's yeah. fucked. Yeah. yeah. And if they even if they leave the island, they still they're still sick. Right. Right. Well, that's a little better than in my opinion, like to Alex, with your point, like having a table or something, just if you have mm -hmm. your player sheets and be able to have something you can quickly just mark off and then refer back to. Yeah, just exit off as you go. You mm -hmm. can, I can even see you cutting and pasting the effects of each level, like right below that table. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And this is also getting to the question that I had earlier in future runs of it. Would you keep certain symptoms or feelings hidden and do that as a DM or a whisper message as opposed to just telling it? Because this is something that I sort of struggled with in Signal to Noise is like, I forget to tell everyone, you're having a headache. Everyone's having headaches. There's headaches mm -hmm. everywhere. And that leads to, I forget to mention something until it's right. very far along and players might feel a little bit blindsided by it. Well, Alex, I think you had a little bit of both. So I'd like to hear your impression on it of uh, how you liked the progression of that and then the final kind of stage. Right. So the way you keepered it, Nathan, was that the stuff that was very apparent, like, oh, the sniveling of the nose or, you seem very pale mm -hmm. or you're having a fever stuff that other player characters could notice. You've had that open table, but once we got to the end where I was fully infected, we switched to a closed table situation where it's like, you need to get them to do this because you are no longer uh, in control of yourself. How did you feel about that? Having run that, would you have preferred that? I just say out loud that this is your new motivation. I can see that it was really fun for the players having that closed table mm -hmm. situation because it's like, oh, Marco is acting really weird now and he's fine. But then on the other hand, we're getting into PvP. Right, right. So would you have preferred it the other? Because I could actually see running it the other way. I think sometimes there is a they could have that meta knowledge and still act it out. And it that's, depends on the players. Right. That's still very fun. But I am going to argue much more in favor of closed table in this regard, because every time that I try to sit down to run a game, I do want the players themselves to have a little bit of a thrill and being able to have them start wondering, like, why is he acting so weird now? Like something about him has changed. And now the players get to really think about how those goals are intersecting. This is something I think that the alien RPG does extremely well. Um, in the case of Chariot of the Gods, it comes with a little deck of cards that you hand each player out their motivation and they keep it secret and you can hand out more cards as things go along. So everyone always needs to be a bit more on their toes. I think that you can just have an open table and tell them and people can get that kind of vicarious thrill for it. But it's I think it would pale in comparison to a closed table having that big oh shit realization. Just so my opinion. 
with that, would you have the characters? Because the characters, most of them have a secret as well of, uh, for example, Karina is not actually psychic. She just Googles ahead of time. Enoch is actually psychic. Uh, Peter's a former addict. Like they have these kind of interesting secrets that might come out. Would you keep those until the uh, the players have their characters? I think for this scenario, I'd keep it close table strictly because it's because mm. it's going to be a one or three shot. And mm-hmm. It's not a campaign. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, right, if you have it closed table, people are going to be messaging you or slipping you notes. And then that's another thing you have to juggle. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you have the co-GM mm-hmm. is they can handle all those notes. So when I ran this, I mentioned this before I had Raven helping. He did all the stream chats and interactions with players. He'd already read the scenario and kind of knew the pacing. So I didn't have to worry too much about prodding him to say, hey, could you do a thing, do this? Maybe if you had that, you could have the players directly message that Kojium and they could bubble it up once it gets important. Oh, yeah, I would have that. That's a great idea. Just delegating some of the work to the Kojium. Mm-hmm. How did you coordinate things with your Kojium, Nathan? It was entirely over Zoom chat. We were recording using Zoom, so that was a pretty natural uh-huh. way to do it. And did you sit down with them to like prep them? Like, hey, this is how I'm going to move through things. Yes. I want you to do X, Y, Z. Yes, we talked about it. Well, most of that was really pretty quick. Once they know the scenario, the the beats of it are pretty straightforward in terms of you're starting the stream, you're going through it. Once you hit the hospital, it escalates slowly until you kind of hit this interesting breaking point of needing to get to the chapel and do it. Whether that uh, the ritual is player-led or in your case, I believe you were infected, so you completed a ritual yourself. Uh, that's a That's a pacing kind of question so before each session we'd talk briefly about kind of what we expected to get done in the next couple hours and the pacing i could tell is actually affected by the amount of infection did you pace the infection events not terribly actually uh most of the or it just happened when it happened it just happened when it happened and it was kind of a happy sort of timing that you hit full uh corruption at that mm. kind of climax point now would you say that you were comfortable with the level of infection that happened versus how y- your own personal pacing mm-hmm. because i thought you you were saying that oh i felt the ending was a little rushed so to take a step back if the stream goes off as normal and this is actually a, a kind of strange point with the way they've done this uh the streamers will do a ritual in the chapel ruins and the name hastalik will spell out on a ouija board it'll crack open the earth and they have access to the catacombs and the charnel pit and as they're watching the plague monks hanged body just dives into the pit 
the great old one awakens and they have to get the hell out of Dodge very quickly. And so the last real end of the scenario is that escape from the charnel pit. And that's the part I felt was rushed to me was kind of that escalation to the uh, to that point. I would have liked to give a little bit more time and actually have the Ouija board go off as normal and then make the chase a little bit more impactful than it was. And something like that, would you want to use the Call of Cthulhu chase rules and have something set up? Since you already have pre-gen mm -hmm. characters, you already have their decks order, you could essentially transition pretty seamlessly into you are running ahead, this thing happens, mm -hmm. this obstacle, what are you doing? And then have a pretty lengthy chase to try and get out. Yeah, I mean, the text itself never mentions anything about chase rules. <laughs> yeah, I think that would be a great time to try them out. Again, I never remember them, and that's on me, and I accept that. But having the chase rules and having most of the threats be the island breaking apart, I like this idea that the great old one at this point barely cares about the players. So it's not even actively going for them. It's just everything's falling apart around them as they're trying to get away from the island. Yeah, like you can even have Hastalik. It's just basically surging right. behind them. So the players, their incentive is going to be they have to keep trying to navigate as the <laughs> island is breaking down for their obstacles. If they get stuck, right. they're going to get subsumed. And then it's bye bye. Um, right. I could imagine that being a really fun way to lengthen that part out. If you said that it felt kind of rushed at your table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that last bit was probably the part that I wish I'd even another hour would have been probably the right amount. So we did this in three two hour sessions. And yeah, I think that last bit, an extra hour would have been perfect. Your timing might vary. They do have options for running this as a one shot, but honestly, you'd miss so much fun stuff. Mm -hmm. I see we're sort of hovering on the ending a bit. Are there any parts of the scenario that you would want to remove or change in some big way? Hmm. So, Nathan, I know you want me to talk, but like <laughs> I really don't have a lot of complaints for this scenario in my way of running things. I know you have strong feelings about the <laughs> zombies. I have a couple of strong feelings here. So I'm going to do this rant is two bullet points. The first part that I've hinted at is the Italian Navy just showing up near the end to carpet bomb everything. I'm in general not a huge fan of scenarios where it just kind of ties itself in a bow. I think this is much more interesting if Hastalik gets out and gets into the water supply or gets into the internet because it can infect technology as well. That's actually one of the ways off the island for it is just to get into one of these signal repeaters and beam itself through the internet. And I think having long-term consequences from this is more interesting than a uh, action movie explosions from fighter jets blowing like this thing to kingdom come yes it's not it's not satisfying to me but i think they're looking at kind of using this in a later scenario so some of this is set up i can definitely see where you're coming from nathan i 
I would agree with that. I think I'd love narrating how disease and infection and taint touch the world <laughs> and just destroy it. And like, hey, this is the consequence of it. But also at the same time, there's no real way for the investigators to like stop all this. They don't have enough information to figure out what's going on. Yeah, that's a good point with that is really that's almost the only end that or somehow not witnessing yeah. the final conclusion. But I don't think there's enough hints that they should break their exactly. cameras or something. Right. There's no way for the investigators to know. And I, I actually, yeah, that, I think that'd be the only weakness. The players don't have a lot to do. It's more like a haunted house that they interact mm-hmm. with and a bunch of stuff happens. and. It can't really affect the ending besides escaping with their lives. Right. And one thing I think really seals their fate that way is that Maya at some point is replaced. So she will be on the stream chat talking to the investigators and saying things. She always ends it with babes. And then at some point, Hastalik will just take her identity so she's typing away and the investigators aren't getting anything and has to like is really saying, oh, yeah, yeah, go further. Go see what's in the pit. Go, you know, do this ritual. So at that point, they're really being led to uh, a terrible end. And yeah, there's not a there's not a happy ending here for these folks other than escape. Because has to is in the chat the whole time. Right. right. He's I think that. There's supposed, if I remember correctly, there was some kind of guidance that there tend to be a few people that are giving more of these like $50, um, what do you call, I don't use Twitch, what's it called? The points, the subs, the... Super chats. I I know you're on Feet Finder, Lex. Oh, there we go. (laughs) But yeah, so there's always someone who's giving higher tips to go and do things, and then I think that it said that this is already Hastelic, and then as they replace Maya... That sort of only their many voices are coming over through the chat in there. I have personally, (laughs) I really want to come up with a bunch of usernames to have for all of these that might be just like a little, you know, it's typical Reddit username bullshit. And then they get a little more (laughs) gross as time goes on. And eventually it's all like snot sniveler 37 and just like, hmm. They're they're actually in the handouts. glory. In the handouts, there are a number of provided chats um, from various people. In your case, the Ultima, what is it, Ultima Unum, that is Hastelik's account. But I love the idea of kind of changing the names as they go until he's the only one or you're hearing all the people kind of in unison say, which I believe Raven did for our account is they like the chat just started blowing up near the end of just like, has to lick, has to lick, has to lick, has to lick. Mm-hmm. And it was a uh, that was very fun to watch as just a GM of having this chat scrolling by with all these. Oh, the chat things. was so much fun. I think one of the highlights of the game that I was in was seeing Joe's reaction to Ultima Unum. <laughs> He's like, that guy's a cultist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he's giving and, us 50 bucks. Yeah. Well, and you can do very exciting things with the chat, like have them go, hey, did you guys see that? Like, what was that in your recording? And the GM never described something. Mm -hmm. And then the players can go back and say, 
yeah, let's go review the footage. And then you can describe, oh, yeah, there's someone looking at you from behind those trees. But to get back to the the Navy, I just wouldn't use them. Honestly, uh, at that point, I'd probably have it hit the water and disperse. If they want to trick it towards the mines, those have been kind of laid out as a an option. So that might be kind of a fun way to have them feel like they've won is somehow get this growing mass to land on all these mines around the island and explode. That could be a, a kind of a fun situation. But really, I so this island has a long history. It's kind of always been a cultist thing. There was a hospital there that blew up in a not blew up, but uh, had a gunfight with these cultists and the uh, Navy or army. And I have a very difficult time believing that they didn't do any investigation in the slightest to this hospital. They really just kind of shot it up threw the bodies in a mass grave and got the hell out of Dodge. Which it's just a little much to believe if they're sending fighter jets to bomb it, they're keeping a really close eye on it. Sounds like they may have contracted with H cell. Like we're going to blow it up, but I'm re- I ain't reading shit. Yeah, exactly. H-Cell's illiterate. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put mines about around the Island, but that's, that's as far that's as, we as go. far as it goes. What does the H stand for? Huh? Oh. So point, Bullet point two in my rants is the zombie rant. Go off. And I hate zombies. This should be well known. I find a little bit of creativity in almost any scenario can make them more interesting than what they are. At least in this case, they're not looking for brains. They're looking for just bodies to add to the pit. Yeah, they're looking for. Yeah, I mean, really, they're looking for taint it individuals to throw into the pit to help bring Hastalik alive. They're really providing the biomass. But at that point in the story, this is kind of the end. This is the big climax. Things are falling apart. It's coming out of the pit and you're going to have zombies just show up and potentially fight. That to me is not an interesting hurdle if you wanted to have them be an obstacle still, like basically the players look to run and there's just this crowd of tumorous bodies just rolling down the hallway towards them, pleading for mercy, which they mention in one of the options is that these reliquae at least seem to have some sort of consciousness from their previous lives. And they're just basically in hell that I like that I can get behind, but just, basic zombies is a a fighting threat is there's no reason to bring it in you know i do like the idea of finding dead bodies with these worms kind of crawling into Mm. them as a really unsettling discovery while going across the island maybe they see a, a pile of dirt shifting a little bit and they think that it might be moving and they get up to it and then that's when they see that it's a shoulder and all of these worms are just burrowing into the flesh of it And that's a very, uh, moment. And then they could be a hole later. And it looks like this thing has gotten up and crawled out. And something that you can potentially tease. But yeah, I kind of feel like they have bigger things to worry about. And then just having zombies 
kind of going around as additional speed bumps are eh, a bit unnecessary. Yeah, maybe you play with the worms and the worms are what's dragging this body towards Hastalik. So like they're literally popping out of the body as it's being pulled against its will towards this pit. That might be kind of scary. Uh, <laughs> at that point, though, things are really going poorly for everyone. So, yeah. This is just a question that I had. Since I haven't run this, I was really wondering how much the streaming schedule can motivate players, player characters, to explore around the island. Or was there any moments whenever you felt like there may be an additional impetus needed? Is one idea that I had to potentially expand on this would be to motivate players to spread these signal boosters across the island is whenever mm -hmm. they land, you can give them the very rough grainy satellite outline or just the satellite imagery. And then as they place more of them, that map can be a little clearer. They can start differentiating different buildings. Maybe then they can have motion cameras and feel a little more safe to encourage them to go to these cardinal points and then have a little something spooky waiting for them at each of those. Uh, but then when they finally get all of the relays in place, that's when they feel like they can see the entire island from a bird's eye view and be able to like look at the buildings, potentially pilot their drones around and feel safe so that you can then break that, of course. I love that. I love the idea of the map because you only really have the completely pixeled and then the full description maps so that's a really nice idea of uncovering new things as they go alex i think your group though i think you hit every location that you were supposed to yeah i mean that's because i directed people to split up and explore and i think that i would change up the streaming schedule to allow a slot to just like oh free form explore yeah. That way, players can actually have a choice in what they are are finding. And there's some variation for the GM to work with. I like that. So you're kind of thinking like maybe during the Lemon Grove Cremation Pit and Mass Grave section, that could be like, a, okay, everybody go ahead and go. Yeah. Like Somebody needs to get coverage, but yeah. But don't explore this part because that's the finale. Right, yeah. right. No, that's great. So maybe as a whisper or something that you can say like Proudfoot gets the idea that if we can all split up and cover more ground mm -hmm. in the beginning, then we can like take a break for lunch and maybe take it easy. Then I'll come back. Oh, I wouldn't later even, part. I wouldn't even whisper to Proudfoot. I would change the actual schedule and like yeah. shorten some time in the lemon grove. I mean, time is all subjective in the tabletop <laughs> role-playing game so you can be like oh this lemon grove portion is going to take less time which means that we'll have time to just get together regroup or explore whatever so that way the players can make the option instead of following this linear pathway mm -hmm. yeah and those first three there's scares in them there's good options for increasing this taint but there's nothing threatening or lethal necessarily in them so it's a good opportunity for that splitting up and looking at things. Hospitals the same way. That's uh there's even more opportunities for corruption. But generally speaking, I don't think there should be many fights in this scenario. Oh no. Like as as soon as you throw in any 
lethal danger, that's going to change how the player characters right. are going to perceive things. Right. And like, that's also really getting back to the beating heart and the thrill of this is this is very much that paranormal investigator. Oh, shit. Did you guys hear that? And like <laughs> causing all the spooks and things where we as players are having fun because we know that these are kids that are kind of psyching themselves out. Mm-hmm. But there is an undercurrent that some of this might actually be happening. And so really capitalizing on that as your thrill rather than having multiple encounters and things like, yeah, that's also I I can see where you're coming from, Nathan, that like, I think there should just be the one extremely lethal get the fuck out of here encounter air quotes and just trying to escape then. Mm -hmm. And to that point of kind of psyching themselves out, it's fun to actually have some little red herring scares, just like you'd see in any of these sort of shows if you watch them of like oh there was someone behind that window looking at us and no it's literally just a, a breeze and a, a cloth like yeah it's, it's a coat hanger right exactly <laughs> uh how did you feel about im alex because you had a chance to interact with her i had brought her in as a ghost hunter that had been tipped off by maya to come to the island early I think you made the great choice as having her as a ghost hunter as opposed to the stalker fan for reasons described before. We had a player that was trying to be very, very empathetic towards her, and that actually led him to some dumb decisions, and that was fun to watch. Yes, I loved that he was just standing next to the source of corruption. And just he's getting sicker and sicker wandering around with her and not really fully picking up. Maybe out of character he knew, but he was playing it empathetically, like you said, which was unlucky. Super fun. Just don't be empathetic. Because Um, maybe she likes me. (laughs) (laughs) One mistake I think I did as a pacing error here is that I actually had in the administrator's house some of the players found other remnants of the Phantom Posse, Im's group, and they got clues that she was an active threat. And I had actually had a blood splatter where someone, she had attacked someone, dragged the body off. And I really wish I hadn't done that. To your point, Alex, of I was introducing a lethal threat that, would shut down the stream. I think that's a an important thing for this is make sure any threat you run into is enough that they wouldn't immediately end the stream and get the hell out of Dodge. Right. And all of these um, streamers, they want to stay monetized. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep that in mind. Exactly. And I mean, I think Maya can kind of talk people into sticking around because she's on a time delay. So if you do run into blood or a dead body she can swap out to uh stock b-roll footage. footage yeah b-roll yeah. exactly personally i'm still just mulling on it i really like the idea of adding in the other streamers as mm-hmm. i'm sorry nathan zombies kind of going around the <laughs> island but things that could be off in the distance and then go back behind mm-hmm. players and so whenever they go back to their base camp their boxes are open and maybe some of their stuff has been rifled through. Maybe one of their relay transmitters got knocked out or something like that. Like someone stole their cell phones. And that's where she's like, well, God, they must still be here on the island somewhere. 
And so you keep seeing evidence that there are other bodies moving about on the island, but they can't quite find them. I like that, but I might even go a step further with that of they start patching their old equipment into the current stream. So you start seeing new camera feeds opening up, new audio bits that they don't intend. And right, it's the crew setting up better coverage. So they're almost of a helpful variety, not really helpful. Or expanding on that a bit, what if the other crew are setting up more cameras around where Hastelik emerges? They're mm-hmm. essentially setting up better coverage for him to, or it, they, whatever, uh, to transmit digitally instead. And so if they don't take these down, then that's an easier way for it to escape some. But I do like the idea that they check the feeds and there are more cameras there than when they last looked. One thing I additionally made a change of is the players that we were with, a couple of them were really interested in the hospital administrator. And I kind of upped his deal a little bit, if you will, of... Yes, he was, uh, I mean, I think he could have even been the plague monk if I wanted to, right? He he could have been a true believer. And one of the favorite scenes I had was one of the players said, oh, there's a painting of this guy on the wall. I said, he's got this weird look to it. And he, of course, went, well, is there something behind the painting? Well, there sure is now. Why don't you look? Oh, it looks like it's locked. And, oh, what happens when I touch the painting? Oh, it's it's warm. Well, I'm going to open this up and see what's inside. And he opens it and this rat's nest falls out and there's three dead bodies just hung up there like he had left them in with their tongues out just to expire behind the wall. So you can give little clues like that where it's like, oh, I'm not in a current threat, but this place is screwed up. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's really making me think of, um, have you ever seen Gonjam, Haunted Asylum? Yes, that is my favorite found footage movies. It starts out just kind of fun and lighthearted a lot like this and then goes extremely shit sideways. (laughs) I definitely want to rewatch it and take notes for other manifestations to bring in. That's a good point. That, I mean, really, that movie kind of follows the same flow to Mm -hmm. this with a lot of the same motivations. It's a really fun watch. Very nice. This scenario is really atmospheric, which uh, I love about it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that it is a I like scenarios on islands because it's a very nice self-contained sandbox. (laughs) And so at least having an itinerary to go around and see the sites can help improve pacing a bit there. Um Sort of on that note, Nathan, you mentioned that you ran this in three two-hour sessions, maybe wishing that you had an extra hour at the end. If you were to run it again, or Alex, uh, when you or I try to run it, what would you think would be your ideal pacing for this to run at your table? Yeah, so if I was running this at my table, I'd run the unredacted version over the original, which is the updated one with the extended prologue, and I'd probably run it in three sessions because I feel like I'd be able to get through all that material in three sessions. I know my GM speed. Yeah. You're, you're much faster than I am. I I tend to uh, pontificate more than I should. 
there's just too much material for a one shot without cutting it out. And I've had this feeling about scenarios for a long time, right? You want them to get the full experience because they can only play the scenario once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was looking, what is it, on page 20 in the guide. Whenever it said number of sessions, one session, I'm like, why? <laughs> why would you do it to why would you watch the Lord of the Rings Spark Notes cut? Like just let yourself Yeah, as the first experience. <laughs> yeah. And like because it's the only one for most folks if they're gonna right. play this. And so yeah, I definitely think one thing that's nice about this, it has some suggestions for pacing. It's like if you are gonna run this as a one session one shot, that don't. But if you do, um <laughs> there's instructions here. And additional ones for two sessions and then it just for full scenario it says three or more personally i have a style when i run that i like players to dictate the overall pacing of things that's happening and then as the situation progresses i take that away from them and then things start moving faster than they really want it to and that feeling of out of control always leads to a little bit of panic and chaos at the table so i would probably budget this around four two-ish hour sessions um nathan i don't know what about you uh completely agree with that we had the first session of what i would suggest of the four would be the prologue then you kind of end that with them getting to the island maybe marco gives his speech as kind of a end of the session thing i thought that mm -hmm. was a nice cutoff then you can spend the next couple sessions exploring the island once you get to the hospital give them time in the hospital let them really check it out because there is a lot that they can look into and it's pretty fun there's a lot of random tables you can roll you can bring him in in a fun way to have them question you know should we help her should we not she can lead them places that they shouldn't want to go and then that last session, maybe you could end on the uh, the seance that they do with the Ouija board. That might be a good end of the third session. Then you go into the fourth, and that's your big finale. You get all the action. You get the explosions. Do you think you can keep an exciting climax finale for two hours? I'm resisting making yeah. dirty jokes, but like, yeah. <laughs> Not with the taint. Just keep hedging um, for two hours. Really? Yeah. No, I, that's a good question. I think in reality of that two hours, the actual chase is probably going to be maybe a half hour. But there's a fair bit of time after the chapel partially collapses of going through the tunnels. Your players are going to want to talk about what the hell they should do. Then fighting all the zombies. Yeah, fighting or fighting amongst themselves. Our players actually with the people infected wanting to go to the pit. The others not. We had a really cool fight scene that was probably the actual climax of the scenario with uh, eventually, uh, I believe, Marco, you jumped into the pit on fire. Yeah, and then I, I grab my camera, like my actual webcam. I put it right up to my face, and I'm like, we've gone viral, and I'm like on fire. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then the chase afterwards takes a bit of time, but uh, for that, I, I did feel that was rushed, but also I think Alex's bit there was such a fun ending, too, that it's okay to kind of change it up a little and have that be the big climactic moment and then it's all downhill kind mm -hmm. of falling apart around them and then yeah i would give it a little bit of an epilogue because it 
kind of i i think it deserves it especially if you did the prologue you might want to have them getting back into perla and seeing some of the people in their houses not willing to help them you know you could have people outside and masks trying to keep them away something kind of interesting uh you could have sickness spreading through the streets with the rats I think there's something to letting them see the impact of what they've wrought upon the world really show the consequence. And so here's another question for that then, because I, I love having no win endings on scenarios. (laughs) What would you say happened with Maya? Say they get off the Island, they get out of Perla somehow and can finally get back in touch with Maya again. Of course, she's likely going to have been scrambling, like, what the fuck? I was messaging the whole time. Um, Would you have had their stream cut out, like, right at the Ouija board? And so YouTube never got it. I'm trying to remember what the book has. Uh, I believe the the Italian Navy actually cuts off their signal at some point. Sure, but it sounds like you're already going to be cutting that. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of like having it happen, right? I don't love scenarios where at the end, the monster dissolves into goo. Mm -hmm. I want, if you keep the stream going, that's the consequence of the stream and the world will change because of it and not for the better. I would say that they wouldn't even know to turn the stream off with the information that they're given. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't think they'll turn the stream off, but just wondering if their initial goal of hitting a million subscribers mm-hmm. got cut short because the thing <laughs> cut out and everyone's just like, man, screw this. And they lost yeah. a bunch of subscribers or yeah, actually since be I've been since I've been mulling on it a bit, if you have a final epilogue and like showing this hitting YouTube and then having Phenomenex come in and explain why this is oh, all a yeah. hoax and clearly faked. And so no <laughs> one's going to believe any of it. That could be a lot of fun. Um, And we did do an epilogue with Maya, but we did it more of kind of the classic horror movie where, you know, she was typing out of, oh, things are better. A few months down the line, people are in institutions. Everything's great. And there's a one of the white flies from the island is buzzing around her apartment, kind of cluing you in that it's not over yet. Mm. That said, with our group, they were actually successful at keeping Hastelik on the island because at the very last moment, one of one of the players just grabbed the final signal repeater and threw it in the water. Because they were just fed up. They didn't even know that it was <laughs> through the signal repeater. Any other war stories y'all would want to share? Yeah, I've got some war stories. <laughs> um, I shared the one with me being on fire and just screaming I'm viral at the cam- my webcam. Uh, but I also really enjoyed the the PvP. The mm-hmm. the brawl I had with um, Joe, who was playing <laughs> Kyun. <laughs> I remember I took the gun. So I ended up <laughs> shooting him in the stomach. And like he's he set me on fire. It was it was wild. <laughs> Do you have yeah. uh, any favorite moments, Nathan? I thought your group had a a really fun mix of personalities. Everybody played their role really well. And I I think that speaks to the pregen's power as well of them being so well-defined. I loved 
you said the PvP at one point your character stopped believing any of this was real and you were just throwing body parts out of the mass oh, graves. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> oh, I just love this idea of all these other people standing around watching the person who pays their bills be like, none of this is real as yeah, you a, need a, a hand? dead hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a uh, it's horrifying in a really fun way and uh you mentioned like i had mentioned before that picture uh with the bodies behind it that was a really good way for me to put in some clues i forgot to give of have them be kind of like the administrator's treasure trove but just the reaction as the rats are swarming out of this painting into the room and they see the bodies behind was very satisfying and so you had mentioned before that there's talks about an upcoming sequel called Quarantine that's going to be an as-written sequel. Do you have any other ideas on how you might want to expand on this in the meantime, if you were going to run it a little differently at your table? You might want to have a little bit more of an epilogue then that provides a segue towards if they want to play surviving characters. You need to have a reason for them to keep going. and. It seems like with the name quarantine that it's going to be a scenario set in a quarantine after the investigators are sick of some kind. You could uh, you could kind of play with that, but it might be fun if this disease is spreading and the Internet's against them. They're having to do more of these streams to make money. Like uh, I, I kind of would say, keep going with the streaming idea, find some way to bring them back in with that I, I feel like that's such a challenge because if by even interacting with the island they're just either sick or just part of yeah. this monster that's been bombed <laughs> you're saying coming back with the with the same character. characters yeah. Yeah. yeah so because you it was a uh, it is a sequel they said right uh, that is my understanding yes i'm it'd probably I'm very be with curious. new characters yeah. I might think so. There may be some nods to like, if any investigators survived from the spectral crew, then they may be here. And I think it's a tricky topic just with uh, the diseases in the real world to manage this. But it's a it's a really interesting idea of what do you play with if this great old one of disease gets out and has this mind control virus basically spreading throughout the world and the internet like you could really play um almost apocathulu type stuff right of this is the end how are you going to deal with this mm -hmm. so i'd like to add a potential idea to expand the scenario is to have this scenario be the final scenario of the spectral crew campaign so you can start them mm. off with like finding the chupacabra and like slowly making your way up until this viral scenario and then it's gone. Oh, I love I that. really like that. The only issue I would see with it is that they're just they're all doomed to a horrible fate. <laughs> but that's that. Yeah, and the trick of at that point, Marco would believe after the first thing, yeah. unless things mm. get really crazy. But I don't think that's a problem. Like you can still have this be the hunger and maybe they're feeling very confident yeah that they can handle it they've handled three other cases why not mm -hmm. this one so yeah instead of working forward after the events of viral i, I think it'd be interesting to see mm -hmm. the events before viral 
because they've all been together in the first place. Yeah, for a while. I like that. The spectral crew that had the C, the reason that this one needed to be named with a K <laughs> for copyright reasons. Yeah. <laughs> We hope our deranged utterings are helpful in bringing this game to life at your table. You can join the autopsy discussion on Discord and subscribe or follow the podcast to hear more gruesome cases. Be sure to check out the show notes for links on where you can find the scenario, where to find us, and other links for things like handouts, actual plays of the scenario that we recommend, and other resources. So until next time, thanks for listening to RPG Reanimators. Where your games can die. Or live on the table. I just lost my train of thought on that. So how did you... So much taint. (laughs) It's so much taint.